0: Well, I am really excited about continuing to talk about belonging, and I'm just really excited about this series, and oh, okay, we've got uh, music playing there, right, that's not supposed to be happening at the moment here, but I got, oh, and there's our church promo video, okay, we're doing good, production team, all right, all right, now we got lights fading on me, uh, wow, and it's my firstborn coming down the aisle on a scooter, okay, what apparently is going on here, Kate? This is very distracting. What are you people doing? I, I don't understand what's going... All right. Distraction, right? Distraction. Now, how many of you guys had a hard time paying attention to what I was saying during those few little moments? You're all sitting there going, Doug, we never pay attention to what you're saying, right? But distraction is, is really difficult, isn't it? It's amazing how a distraction can completely sidetrack where we're supposed to be headed. We were headed in one way with the service as soon as things started going wrong, everyone's looking up. In fact, I would say the most amount of eyes that have ever been on me in this room is when the music came on, everyone was like, what's going on here? And so distraction is incredibly uh, distracting, isn't it? When, When you and I are focused on a mission and a vision, and we're trying to get something accomplished, and suddenly something is pulling attention away from that, it can be really frustrating. And I'll tell you, this morning I want to talk about the number one thing that distracts the church. The number one thing that distracts a church that's on the move, a church that's excited, a church that's growing, a church that is thinking about reaching out to their community, there's one thing that distracts like nothing else. There are several distractions, sure, but there's one thing that distracts like nothing else, and that one thing is disunity. You see, we're talking about belonging here in this series, right? We're talking about coming together and putting our roots down and belonging to each other. And we're talking about doing life together. And we're talking about just seeing how God could use us as a bunch of people here on Long Island to reach the people around us. And there's nothing that distracts like this unity. This is true in your personal life too. And so if you're here this morning and you're visiting, you're like, I don't even come to this church. I don't really care if this church accomplishes its mission or not. You know what? In your life, there are certain things that we're going to talk about today that are incredibly detrimental to your relationships, and really, most importantly, your relationship with God. Here in this series, we've been talking about what it means to belong. What does it mean to be a church member? What does it mean to say, hey, this is home, and this is where I know I'm supposed to be, and so this is... This is me. This is a a profile, a picture of what it looks like to be a belonger here at Living Word. Well, we've been talking about it. We, We saw in week one that it's about committing to the broken people around us. That's the most important thing belonging is about. It's about realizing that here in this room, we have a ton of people, and we're all broken, and we all need to be great at loving and forgiving one another. The second week, we talked about the fact that one of the benefits we get to belonging, with uh, with belonging, is that we get the benefits of Christian community. We get to encourage each other. We get to do life together. And this is a huge deal. You don't get Christian encouragement anywhere else, right? We saw that clearly in week two. No one else on this planet is telling you to fight for your marriage. No one else on this planet is telling you that you can be encouraged because you know that all things work together for the good. No one else is telling you that, right? And so Christian community, the ability to gather and be together is a huge deal. And Jesus died so that you and I could have that community. And last week we talked about the fact that church members serve and they give. They get excited. They jump in. They use their talents, time, resources to further, mission, further the mission and what God is up to. And today, I want to talk about this issue of unity because I'll tell you this. A church member is a unifier. That is a huge deal because, like I said, there are so so many things that can go wrong. There are so many things that can distract. But the number one thing that distracts a church from the mission God's given it is disunity. What do I mean about disunity? Well, it's arguing, fighting, quarreling, right? It's when people are gossiping about each other. We have to realize, like, when it comes to gossip, once a word is out, you can't ever get it back. Haven't we all learned that by now? Like, once you say something, it is out, and there is power to what just came out of your mouth. Every guy in this room that's in a relationship knows the, the power of words that you can never get back. Isn't that so? My wife, my beautiful wife, about 10, 11 years ago, she went to the hair cutting place, and she told the nice lady there what she wanted her to do to her hair, and she came out crying. Has that ever happened, guys? Isn't that the worst feeling in the room? Like, oh, she's crying about her hair. Here we go. Okay. And so she came out, she was not happy with her hair, Okay. Now, her hair grew back in all nice and pretty and lovely and everything like she likes it. And and so this is years later. We're hanging out with a bunch of friends. And she starts to tell the story about this terrible haircut she once got. And she's just, you know, making fun of herself and how silly she looked. And everyone's laughing. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, she's beating herself up. I might as well jump in on this. And and so I said, yeah, man, it made her look like 10 years older. Ah, Oh, I'm trying to get him back in. I couldn't get him back in. So bad, time stood still. I was like, "Older, more mature, honey, more seasoned. Yeah, that's what she wanted to hear, right? This is what happens when you and I use our words in a way that harm others. They're just out. And I know, like, we can say sorry. And I know, like, the whole point of this series is that we belong to one another and we forgive and we love. But, you know, forgiveness is one thing. But, man, the fact that you and I have such power with the things that we say are such a big deal. And uh, it's just incredible how when, when a church begins to gossip, it just destroys so much of what God's up to. Um, when people are lying about each other, when people are lying to each other, I mean, these are the different kinds of things that we're going to see today really can threaten what God is up to. Now you might be thinking, Doug, why should I even care about this? Like, like, all right, so maybe somebody's got a gossiping problem or maybe some people lie to each other or maybe some people, you know, get in disagreements and they argue and they fight and all that kind of stuff. Why should I care? Well, see, you should care because everything you love about this church is threatened when you and I give in to disunity. Everything you love, you might be like, you know, I really love the children's program here, or I love coming and worshiping, or I love the community in this space, whatever it might be, all of that is threatened, and we are distracted from the mission God has for us when we give in to disunity, and so this is a huge deal for every single one of us. I, I've been through all kinds of seasons here at the church, you know. Uh, we've had renovation projects that can be kind of distracting, you know, because you're just starting to think about all the billion things that need to be done. Uh, we've had times when there weren't enough volunteers or the finances really tight and there were, you know, all these distract, distracting things. But I'll tell you what, you can really still stay focused on the mission and the vision during those times. But there's something about this unity that just makes everything different. Um, These lights that we use up here, like these big ones that are hitting me, blinding me right now, um, they're called par lights, okay? And what you can do is, is they sell these things called barn doors, all right? So you can take a barn door and put it on one of these lights, and what it does is like this big beam that's hitting me right now that's filling a lot of this stage... If you put a barn door on the side of it, it narrows the beam, okay? And so basically, rather than washing out this whole stage, it would basically just focus that beam in on only a little tiny piece of the stage. And you know what? It's like when when there's disunity in the church and in our lives, just personal lives as well, it's kind of like somebody put barn doors on our vision. And they close in on basically all we can see is the disunity, It's so distracting. All we can see is, oh, is this person, oh, what's up with them today? Are they all right? And, oh, who's saying what about who? And, oh, man, did you hear, oh, gosh, how are we going to put this fire out? And, And the same is true with your life, right? The same is true with all of us. We we get so distracted. I mean, isn't it true the last time someone spoke a hurtful word about you, it was really all you could think about? It was like somebody put barn doors on your your vision. It was like you didn't care about work, you didn't care about family, you didn't care about money. It was like all you could think about was that one betrayal, that one hurt. And now magnify that out by all the people that we'll have here in this room this morning and tonight, and that's the problem with disunity. That's what happens. That's why this is so important for us to talk about us staying unified is vital for us to accomplish all that God has for us to do. And as I've been saying, this isn't just a church issue, it's a person, a person issue too. And so in your personal lives, what we're going to talk about today will strengthen your marriage, strengthen your relationship with friends. It, it could transform your office, bosses in the room, managers in the room, teachers, professors in the room. Think about that what we're going to talk about today could transform your work and school environments if we begin to live this out and we begin to influence others to live it out. So this isn't just a church issue, though it definitely is a church issue. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, uh, these kinds of things happen in your life too, right? Just gossip and lying and arguing and all these different things, unforgiveness, anger. And maybe one of the things that's kept you from God is the fact that you've known some Christians that have been really bad with this. You know, maybe you once had a friend or a roommate or you knew somebody and it was like they claimed to follow Jesus, but they were the biggest gossip around. They were the biggest liar around. They were the biggest one to stir the pot around and it turned you off to God. And so maybe you're wondering, what does God think about these things? Because it seemed like that Christian was okay with them. And so today we're going to look at God's word and we're going to talk a little bit about this and and I hope you're just encouraged to see that while we're not perfect here in this church and whenever you put two people in a room, there's going to be conflict sometimes. We want to be genuine. We want to be genuine followers of Jesus. And so we take his word really seriously around here, okay? And so we're going to look at some verses in Proverbs to start out today. And um, Proverbs was mainly the thoughts of Solomon. And Solomon is an awesome person for us to listen to for two reasons. Number one, because he had tremendous wisdom. God filled Solomon with tremendous wisdom. And secondly, he was a leader. He was a king. And so he understood how divisive and distracting this unity could be. So we're going to look at some things that he has to say here. And again, this is important for us as a church to accomplish what God has for us. And it's also important for you guys in your personal lives. And so Proverbs 26, verse 17, he starts out with kind of an interesting verse here. He says this, like one who seizes a dog by the ears as a passerby who meddles in a quarrel, not his own. Now, that's how I talk every day, right? That's not how you guys talk every day. That's just such a weird, weird, weird way to say it, right? But what he's saying is actually brilliant. What he's saying is, okay, if you have your hands on a dog's ears, okay, dog's not happy, clearly, all right? And so, two things are going on. Number one, you're gonna kinda have to keep your hands on his ears, or if he gets loose, he may come after you. So, that's one side of it. But the other side of it is, as long as you have your hands on a dog's ears, you got your hands full, right? And so what Solomon's trying to help us understand is when we get involved in someone else's quarrel, notice it says a passerby, right? We get involved in someone else's quarrel that's not our own, that has no impact or influence on our life, then we're getting our hands full for as long as we're involved in it. And when we try to get ourselves out of the quarrel, there's a good chance the people that were in the quarrel are going to come after us like a dog would when we let go of his ears. And so what Solomon is saying here is, hey, learn from my wisdom here. Mind your own business. Don't get involved in the things that don't involve you. Now notice this is talking about a passerby, okay? So this is different than if your spouse or your child or someone, you know, directly involved in your life goes through something. You see, I think it's a different thing when someone in your life is going through something. For them to come to you and to bring up what's going on in their life, I think it's okay that you get involved as long as you're ready. This is a big one as long as our heart is to bring peace and resolution to the situation and to help them handle it like God would want them to handle it. That's so important. And so here Solomon is, is helping us understand, just, just be wise, just you know, stay to yourself, mind your own business, and if you happen to get involved in some way because someone brings you in or because someone you directly love is involved, then if you get involved, be a peacemaker in it. Bring resolution. Help them honor Jesus with the outcome. And so that's what he says here in the first verse. Then he says this, verse 18. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Okay? So Solomon says, all right, it's kind of like someone who lies is shooting firebrands. Now what are firebrands? Firebrands think Lord of the Rings, think Gladiator, think Braveheart. It's those pieces of wood that they would light on fire and then launch to the enemy, right? So Solomon's saying that's what a lie is like. It just pierces and it sets things on fire. And these arrows kill relationships. And they kill trust. And they kill unity. And they kill a genuine open environment that is vital for followers of Jesus. And he goes on in verse 20, without, a wo- without wood, a fire goes out, and without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Okay, now we want quarrels to die down, right? Disagreements and quarrels are inevitable, right? Isn't that, isn't that true? Like I said, you know, earlier, you get two people in a room, they're going to quarrel at some point, they're going to disagree at some point, but see what lights that fire, what, what fans that flame of that fire is a gossip. And so, We have to begin to take this really seriously because you know what? Our church is based on trust and openness. I mean, many of us are in community groups, right? And we get together and we sit in a living room with other people and we are challenged to open up what's in here. And as long as there is not a genuine trusting environment, that's never going to happen. Now, let me encourage you. I think that we're doing really well with what we're talking about here today. Really, honestly. I told you guys in week one, I'm not sending subliminal messages up here, all that. I told you, we do that in the announcements, not the message. But, but here, you know, we're doing a, a great job. We, I think, are a unified church. And from what I know, the community groups, the times we have in here, the, the time at Deeper to Share, that the community we have is good and it's healthy and it's growing. And so today, I'm not coming down like, oh, I hope so-and-so's in the room and they hear this message. No, I'm just saying, let's continue to be the church that's unified. Let's continue to be the church that opens up and can trust. Don't you want to belong to a church where people are going to be trustworthy, where you know they have your back? Don't you want to belong somewhere where you know that no matter what's going on in life, you can open up and be safe to do that and not be kicking yourself later on in the day going, I shouldn't have said that, I said too much. No, see, this should be an environment where no one ever feels that. That we can always know, I'm glad I opened up. I haven't cried like that in years. I haven't, I haven't said so much, I haven't shared so much, I haven't felt so much relief you know, off my shoulders in years because I was able to open up like that. And man, the way God's people responded to me Was like nothing I've ever experienced before. The love I felt back, the the care, the encouragement that I got back was like nothing I've ever experienced. That should be our experience here. Verse 21: As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. So a person who starts a problem is like kindling for a fire. What kind of kindling do you use when you start a fire? When, when I was a kid, my dad would take newspaper and he'd rip them all up into shreds and he'd stuff them in there and light the fire. I like to make baseball-like little things of my, my paper and shove it in there. And some of you guys are like, what are you, what's kindling? I just like the door flame thing, right? I don't even know what you're talking about. No, see, you need it for a manly fire. You need kindling and you need wood that's been chopped by a person with a beard and a flannel shirt, right? Come on, we got to get manly here. And so that is what is talking about here. Just like like someone who starts a problem is like kindling. There's someone who is just igniting and they're fanning that, that thing and they're, they're, they're fueling the problem. And so Psalm so is saying, hey, let's not be those people. Let's not be those people who keep quarrels and gossip alive. Let's be people who quench that and put that out for the sake of what God wants to do through us on Long Island, for the sake of our marriages and for you guys, your work environments. And I mean, some of us in the room hate our work environment. We hate our school environment. There's not a person we trust in the room. There's not a person we trust in the office. Isn't that true? What if you became the one trustworthy person who maybe just maybe brought change in that environment? And what if you continued to be that person here for us in the church? Verse 22, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. This past summer, our family drove to Illinois my wife and her brother and family live there. And so we drove to Illinois, and it is a long, long trip. Jesus, take the wheel. And we were driving out there, and my gosh, the only thing that kept us going was that we got to eat at all these awesome places that New York does not have, right? And so we found, we're driving, through, what is it, Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Ohio, all these, oh my gosh, I think I got those two backwards. But that's all right, I don't even care. And so we're out there driving, and we find on the maps, GPS, Steak and shake, yes, yes. And so we, we, we direct course there, right? And we've been driving forever, and we get there, and I open the menu, and I just see goodness all before me. And so I ordered the queso burger. It had hot cheese sauce. It had hot peppers. It had tortilla strips. We ordered extra fries. And I got the salted caramel shake that's literally like this big, right? And then I'm looking at the menu, and it just looked like delectable treats, choice morsels, if you will, as I'm looking at these, right? And then they went down into my inmost parts. (laughs) Wow. And I wanted to die. And I said, Lord, what have I done? And you know what? That is gossip. It's wow, look at that choice morsel. This is going to be satisfying. This is going to be good. I'm just going to eat that. I'm going to gobble up that little information. And then it rots in us. And so that's what Solomon is saying here about gossip and about the way that we use our words. And we've all experienced this, haven't we? Haven't you ever felt that? Like someone that you sort of respected or you had a good friendship with was destroyed by someone else's words, whether they were true or not. Suddenly you just saw them in a different light. And that's probably happened to us too, where, where we were the person someone gossiped about or, or said those words about, and someone saw us in a new light, whether it was true or not. And so are you seeing how detrimental this can be to our church environment and also to your personal life? So we've seen sort of the downside. But what do we aim at? We've heard what not to do. We don't gossip. We don't lie. We don't quarrel and, and, and you know, kind of fuel these different issues. No, but what do we do? Well, now we're going to jump to what the Apostle Paul said. And Paul was an amazing follower of Jesus. And Paul was just the real thing, man. He wasn't going to mess with anything. He wasn't going to you know, just sort of look over anything that anybody was doing or saying. He loved Jesus enough and he loved the church enough to say, hey, this is what we should be aiming at. And he gives us this incredible, incredible understanding in Ephesians 4, verse 29. And we've talked a lot about this back in our core series. But in Ephesians 4, 29, this is what Paul says. And I think this is the grid we need to view everything through that we say. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, this is so great, what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, listen to this, that it may benefit those who listen that's what paul says is going to bring life that's what paul says is going to be bring life to a church he's talking to the church of ephesus here but this is what's going to bring life to your marriage it's going to bring life to your workplace and your school and all these different environments that we find ourselves in if we begin to say okay i'm only going to build up i'm only going to speak what is helpful what will benefit others the way we say this often is i'm only going to bring life with my words that's the grid if it's not going to bring life, we don't say it. Be it a lie, something that we're angry about, be it something that we, we, we've heard, some you know, this, this choice morsel we got that we want to share so badly with somebody. No, see, if it's not going to bring life, we don't say it. And you know what I think? I think sometimes we, we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I should or shouldn't say this. I think we really know. I really do. I think more often than not, we really know what's going to bring life or death with our words. This past summer, I had several issues with my yard, as always, and and one of the issues was on my back patio. I had these weeds growing up, you know? And so I got some weed killer, and I sprayed it on those weeds. And you know what? Days later, when I came back, and they were all dead, I was not in shock that they were dead, because I know that weed killer kills weeds. And you know what? I think we know the words that we're about to speak, or sometimes do speak, that bring death another issue on my lawn and there were certain areas that were just dried out and I guess the sprinklers weren't hitting right or whatever. And so I took a hose and I went over there and I, I poured out life, right, into my lawn. And I think we know what words are going to bring life. What words are going to lift someone? What words are going to take someone who's broken down and beaten up and discouraged and bring hope instead? And so here Paul is trying to say, let's be life givers. That's one of our core values as a church, life-giving conversations. We know it's so important. In fact, the same guy, Paul, in another area, he encouraged someone that if someone is divisive, they have nothing to do with them. You see, this is vital. Paul knew the mission of the church was such a big deal. And I think your marriages are a big deal, and your work environments and your school environments are a huge, huge deal. And what God is doing here is so awesome. In fact, at staff meeting Wednesday, we were praying, and, and I think it was Kelly just thanked God for the peace and the unity in our church. And so like I said earlier, this is not a slap on the wrist. Come on, we've got to be better at this. No, this is, I think we're living this out by God's grace, and let's continue to do it because what God has for us to do in each other's lives is so important, and what God has for us to do in the life of the people around us that don't know him yet is so important. And so I want to challenge you with a really simple thought today, and then we're going to kind of get into the nitty-gritty, because some of you guys are sitting here going, Those are, that's a term my wife's going to make fun of later. You said nitty-gritty, Doug. Yes, I did. Um, but, but I think some of you are going, I don't know, you know what to do with this relationship or that situation, or, so I'm going to kind of hopefully give you some practical help here and apply this a little bit. But the simple thought I want you to walk out of here with is be a unifier. Be a unifier. Be someone who unifies the church. Be someone who unifies your office Be someone who unifies your marriage and your family. Watch how you talk to your spouse. Watch how you talk to your kids. Don't tell your wife she looked 10 years older with that haircut. Be really careful with your words. And carry that to the office place and carry that to school. But man, let's live this here, that we would be unifiers, that we would be people who are constantly building each other up. You know, I've never heard in my life somebody say, you know, my, my regret in life was that I just encouraged too many people. You know? I, I just feel like I, I helped too many people. I, I, I came alongside, or I never heard somebody say, you know what, I think my problem is I was encouraged too much as a child. My, my spouse, they lift me up too much. I think that's what's wrong with me, right? Never, because God wants us to be life givers. And I think, man, as we try to reach our community around us, they so desperately need this. They need to see a different environment than what they know. And the environment they know is that people gossip and lie and quarrel. They put down. They're not trustworthy, right? Isn't that everybody's experience in life? But imagine the fresh breath of air, some followers of Jesus who are imperfect, but who are aiming at being the real thing, at unifying, at lifting others up, at speaking what will build up and encourage. And so how do we handle this? What does this look like in everyday life? Well, Solomon brought up quarrels, gossiping, and lying. So let's just jump through those real quick and kind of talk about how to handle them. Quarrels, like I said earlier, if the quarrel has nothing to do with us, let's stay out of it. Let's stay out of it. Let's not gossip about it. Let's not post about it on social media. Let's let's just stay out of it. Let's pray for the people. How about that? Let's pray for the people involved. Wouldn't that be awesome? Instead of getting ourselves involved. Now what about if it's somebody who's close to us? Then I think we let ourselves get involved as long as we're pointing them to resolution. We're pointing them to handle things God's way. That's bringing life. That's building somebody up. What about gossip? Gossip is a little tricky, isn't it? Because sometimes I think we we have things on our heart and we're like, can I share this? Should I not share this? How does this all work? Um, I, I don't think this means you can't ever talk to somebody about what you're going through. I don't. But I think this is where it counts. Why do you want to talk to that somebody about it? Is it because you want to help have help working through it and get to the place where you can deal with it the right way or do you want to just smear somebody or blast somebody for what they're doing, right? So I think it's all about the heart. I don't think it's wrong with talking with someone about this. I don't know about 20 someones but I don't think it's wrong to talk about somebody or talk about something with somebody that you care and that you trust, you care for and that you trust and will know, will give you some godly advice and help you get back on the right track that you should be on. Now, this is really hard. The second part of this is not listening to gossip. That's really tough, isn't it? But here's how I want to encourage you because I think, this is, I think this is powerful. You ready? If you and I were to have the boldness to stop someone who's gossiping, I know we all think, they're going to think I'm such a jerk, but do you know what message you are sending someone who's gossiping and you stop them? Here's the message you send them. You can trust me because just like I won't listen to you gossip about them, I won't listen to them gossip about you you can trust me. And yeah, it's going to be a little awkward. Right? I tell you, you know what? I just kind of want to stay out of it. And my wife's great at this. Sometimes, you know, someone here or there will come to her with a problem. And it's fine. I mean, no one's going to talk to Kelly anymore. She's the women's counselor. You can talk to her, okay? But if she says it's going in like a gossipy way, she's just really great about just saying very, very, you know, graciously, you know what? That's okay. I really, I don't really need to know all the details, you know? And she just does a great job of steering the direction. And she's showing those people that they can trust And you would do the same. And that's hard. It's hard. But it's what God would have us do. And it's going to unify us. Lastly, with lying. Just that we would never lie. see, See, here's the thing, okay? I think this really goes back to us understanding our brokenness and yet our incredible love and secureness in Jesus, okay? We're broken people outside of Jesus. But we're incredibly secure in him, aren't we? His love for us does not wane. His acceptance of us does not change, okay? And so when you and I understand that we are loved and accepted unconditionally by our Savior, we don't ever have to lie about anything to anyone or about anyone. We don't have to stretch who we are or who they are. We don't have to try to make us look better or them look worse. We don't have to try to get ourselves out of trouble because God is over all things and sees all things. And as we bring our our stuff to Him and our issues to Him, He forgives and He calls us. To forgive, And so, so as we belong to each other, there's no reason to lie. There's no reason to exaggerate. There's no reason to do that because, hey, I'm accepted by my Savior. You're accepted by your Savior. And if there's something that you did against me that we need to work out, just bring it to me. And as I'll, I'll do that to you. Let's, let's be unified in that way. This is the kind of church I want to belong to. I want to belong to a church where I know the people have my back and I have theirs. I want to belong to a church of people that I know... That I can trust, and we're imperfect. We're not going to always get this right, but that's where the grace comes in, right? And that's where we continue to strive to be like Jesus. And so that's what it looks like to be a unifier. That's a little shot of what it looks like, snapshot of what it looks like, to say, "Okay, God, with my speech, I'm going to honor you, and with my thoughts, I'm going to honor you, and with my relationships, I want to honor you." So will you be? Will you be a unifier? We've been going through this message now for four weeks, what it looks like to belong. And, and on Sunday, October 18th, we're going to have our first members meeting as we get together and we share. And a ton of you guys are signed up because we've never done this before. It's like, yeah, we'll go. And there's like 900 people there. That's great. Just kidding. But, but we're so glad that a bunch of you guys have already signed up. We have fresh sign-up sheets out on the info desk. We'd love for you guys to sign up out there if you want to come on Sunday, October 18th. We're going to continue to talk about what it looks like to be a member and to belong We're going to talk about our core values and our mission and our vision, and we're going to lay all that out there. We're going to even buy you food and let you come and enjoy that. We're going to have childcare for your kids. It's going to be a great time. If you can't make the 18th, come see me. We're going to do this at another time as well, too. I know some people can't make it that specific day. So we're going to continue to lay out what it means to be a member, what it means to belong. But ultimately, the four that I definitely wanted to hit with all of us together in the room was that it means that we belong and commit to other broken people. That is the biggest one. Just looking around saying, these are my people. I'm going to put my roots down. They're going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt them but I'm going to love them and I'm going to forgive them as they love and forgive me. It means that we gather and we get the benefits of Christian community. We get to encourage each other. We get to fight for each other's marriages. We get to fight for each other's eternity. We get to push each other closer to Jesus. And it means that we, we come in and we say, okay, I don't have much or I don't have you know maybe these huge resources or talents or abilities but I'm willing to help out in the cafe or I'm willing to park a car or I'm willing to pray for somebody or whatever it might be. We use our gifts and ability. And we saw last week that no one is more blessed than we are when we serve and give. And lastly, it means that we be a unifier. That we're committing to guarding our mouth and guarding our heart and guarding our ears and helping others do the same. And I think if we would do this, man, man, I think a lot of us would do life in ways we just haven't before. We would do life at levels we just haven't before. Because that's what it is to belong. And God put us on a cross to take away our sins, but he also put them there so that I could belong to you and you me. And that's huge. That's a part of what Jesus did for us that we often overlook. And so there are no solo Christians there are no Christians who can just live on an island by themselves. Your relationship with God is huge. But think about this God and Adam in perfect relationship. And what does God say? It's not good for man to be alone. And he creates a companion. So you think, oh, I just got God. I'm good. Yeah, God is good. And, and he, I mean, at the end of the day, he's all you need in that he sustains you and he's your savior and all that. But God himself says it's not good for man to be alone. He's created us for community and he's created us to. Belong. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, we would love for you to be praying about joining us and saying, hey, this is home. I'm going to put my roots down. This is, like I've been saying, this is not a legal binding document. Um, you can keep coming and attending and doing all these things if you don't want to be a member, no pressure. But we just think it's a neat way to kind of say, okay, I belong somewhere. I'm going to put my roots down and I'm going to invest and be there. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're saying, what does all this have to do with me? Well, here's what I think it has to do with you. We really, really care about this church, not because we're all these people just focused on each other. We really care about this church because God has really put on our heart a mission, and that mission is to show his love to the people outside these doors as well as the people inside these doors. And so we have this incredible message message that Jesus died on the cross and rose back from the dead, and he did that to save and rescue you and me who deserve nothing from him, and yet he wants to give everything to us. And so if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer in just a minute. But if you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray with me as we close in prayer and ask God to help you be a unifier? There are people in this room that struggle with gossip and these different kinds of things more than others. It's just the way we are. We have some different struggles, each of us, right? And so maybe today you're going, wow, this is totally me. And I need this encouragement to keep my eye where it should be on what God has for me to live. And so if that's you, I just want to pray for you. And then if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love to pray for you as well. So let's pray. God, I thank you that it's your heart that we be unifiers, that we be people who build each other up, who say only what is helpful and will benefit others. God, I pray you'll protect us from the gossip and the quarreling and the lying and all the different things that distract so much from the mission that you have for, for us, to care for one another well and to love outsiders. And so I pray you'll help us, God. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray with me right now something like this. God, help me to be a unifier. Would you give me the boldness to close my mouth when I need to close my mouth? And would you give me the boldness to stop somebody else when they're saying something that's not going to give life If you're not a follower of Jesus, I would love for you to put your trust in Him today if you'd like to. Jesus loves you so much and He died for you and He rose from the dead and He wants a relationship with you. And so if you want to put your trust in Him today, you can start the conversation by praying something like this, just silently between you and God. Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Thank You for rising back from the dead. I pray You'll show me how real You are. And I thank You for this gift of salvation that You've given me. I know, God, that I cannot earn my salvation, but I accept this gift that you freely give. In your name I pray, amen.